Welcome to the Law Firm Growth Podcast, where we share the latest tips, tactics, and strategies for scaling your practice from the top experts in the world of growing law firms. Are you ready to take your practice to the next level? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Law Firm Road Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jan Roos. And I wanted to start a new series up for everybody. So gotten some really good feedback from the planning we've done around estate planning. And I wanted to do a quick four-part series. And this series is going to be titled Why Most Firms Fail to Scale Estate Planning and What the Firms That Succeed Are Doing Differently. So just kind of going back into where this is coming from. So it's actually not something that I talk about a ton on the podcast, but we've actually done a ton of work with estate planning firms the last couple of years. Uh, We're pushing 300 at this point. And in addition to those firms that we've worked with, we're on uh, legitimately, I was taking a look at the stats this week. My team's on 30 calls with different firms this week, various stages of having estate planning practices, wanting to start estate planning practices, succeeding in wanting more estate planning practices. So doing that out, that's probably between 1,000 and 1,500 calls per year. And on every single call, we talk about what's working and what's not working. And over the years, the patterns have really started to emerge from all these different things, different people. Um, Like I said, all different sizes, all different parts of the journey, all different parts of the country. So there's a lot of commonalities that we're going to see on this. So if you have been interested in getting into estate planning, or you are currently giving it a go and haven't gotten the results that you wanted, these next couple of solo podcasts are going to be absolutely killer for you. And if not, you know, obviously feel free to delete them. But I do think that there are going to be some great lessons from anyone looking to transition similarly out of practice area, move to a different practice area in general that I think are going to be general beyond estate planning. And I'll try to distinguish what is specific to estate planning, what's not. But a lot of these things are mindset stuff, operation stuff, a lot of different things. So we've identified four major limitations that people are going to run into transitioning to a new practice area. So first is going to be the fear of losing reputation. Second is going to be fear of losing your existing practice area. Three is going to be the fear of losing money. And four is going to be the fear of losing time. So we're going to go over all of these. Uh, We're going to start with the first one today, but how very importantly, the firms that are able to get through these are getting around them. So we're going to go over all of these and how the law firms that are actually succeeding are able to get around them. Once you're able to get through all of these, there's literally nothing stopping you. But there's going to be some different ways that people are getting around these things, right? So there's marketing stuff, uh, like I said, some operation stuff, and then mindset stuff that will go into this. But if you can get these figured out, like I said, there's nothing stopping you. We've seen people that, you know, sometimes it takes 10 years to get through all these different things. And that's when you start scaling. Or, you know, these people who are able to attack these head on and they're able to scale to a seven figure run rate, uh, completely new practice area as little as, you know, we've seen six months, which is pretty crazy. But I'll tell you kind of how it goes from there. But anyways, let's start out with the first one, which is fear of losing your reputation, which is an absolutely real fear because the result of losing your reputation is not only failing with moving on to a new practice area, but if we're looking at, God forbid, getting disbarred or losing your reputation among your referral sources or anything like that, you could end up losing your current business, you know, your future business, and you know, potentially wiping out all of the investment of time and money that you've made over the years. 
tens of hundreds of thousands of dollars invested into getting your JD if that ends up happening. So no, that's a really big fear. And it's definitely a possibility. But how realistic is it? That's what we want to get into. Because this fear leads to a serious impasse that really stops people from ever getting started, which is why I'm titling this episode, The Chicken and the Egg. So why do I call this the chicken and the egg? Because I see a lot of attorneys that get caught up with um, what I like to call aspirational estate planning, right? They add the tab on their website. Maybe they take a CLE. You know, they wait for the referrals to come in. Maybe they get one every couple months. And when it happens, you know, they'll take it, right? But it feels awkward. They're usually not charging a lot. And they wouldn't dare invest more time or more money into getting more estate planning clients because they don't really feel comfortable with the practice area yet. And they'd probably be right to do that, but they never really end up getting beyond that stage because they're not really building their estate planning muscles because they're not doing it enough, right? So, you know, I kind of like that metaphor. Like, would you ever expect to build muscle if you went to the gym once every couple of months? Probably not, right? And uh, newsflash for anybody who's trying to educate their way out of it, it doesn't really matter if you read a bunch of gym. (laughs) It doesn't really matter if you take a bunch of CLEs on how to go to the gym or, you know, get a master's in exercise science. That's not how growing your muscles works, right? Experience with anything comes through practice. So basically, you need to make up your mind, but we're going to kind of get into what stops people from doing that. So the first thing I want to do is get into what you would need to get started. And I want you to imagine what it would be like to not have to fear risking your reputation on something that you're doing in your law practice. And a good question to ask yourself is why don't you fear losing your reputation with whatever your current practice area is? And if I had to take a guess, it's probably because it's something you do close to every day. You've been doing it for some amount of time, months, years, who really knows? But how did you get to the point where you're doing that? You probably learned starters in law school, and then you confirmed that you knew what you were doing when you passed the state bar exam, and then you started working on your first client. And then, you know, you felt a little bit better and you started working on your second and then so on and so forth until you're where you are right now with your current practice area. But it's really, really easy to forget what it's like to learn how to walk when you've basically been running for years. You know, the truth is it's always kind of scary. Uh, I think it's an easy thing. Like I said, it's very easy to forget how scary it was doing your first case when you became an attorney. But what you did back then is you moved forward anyways. You made sure you're being extra careful so you don't hurt yourself or, or the client. And if you need extra help, you get it, right? And we'll get more into where that help can potentially come from in the next episode in the series. But the thing that's specific to estate planning, it's actually less bad than that, right? Um, if you have the situation where you don't know what you're doing and you wind up in court against opposing counsel that doesn't know what they're doing, it's going to become very obvious very quickly. But um, it's a little bit different for estate planning. And I want to tell you a quick story from one of the first estate planning attorneys we ever worked with, right? So they had this thing and this client had a huge issue. And I honestly totally respect it, like a a moral imperative to why they were marketing their practice. And one of the jokes that they heard coming up in estate planning around where they're at there in Georgia was the only place, <laughs> this is a terrible, terrible joke. The only page that matters on the estate plan is the one in the back, because that's where you put your contact info for when it comes time for the family to do the probate. So obviously that firm hated that approach. They didn't take that approach. Um, How we ended up getting them to market to people who didn't want that is a different story for a different day. But I tell that story for a reason. 
And the truth is to the unethical attorney, estate planning is heads, you win and the client wins. You get a well-done plan. You avoid anything bad happening when the person passes away, but tails, you win and they lose because it's going to come time to do probate and you're going to be able to charge them a bunch of money for that, right? And unfortunately, this kind of thing has been going on for decades, right? Um, cynically, you know, you're not going to see firms with bad reviews because somebody set up an estate and the family had to go to probate despite there being an estate plan allegedly in place because the person who's taking care of the probate is definitionally a different person than the person who signed the estate plan. Um, sometimes completely removed from them if it's not a you know older child or if it's a, not a spouse or a key beneficiary or an executor or something who's brought into the process. A lot of the times it's going to be a completely different person, somebody who didn't pay for the plan to be written in the first place. And sometimes literally decades have passed since the original signing of the documents have taken place. So like I said, this story actually, you know, this individual uh, told me this story about happening in Georgia, but honest to God, you know, we've heard this happening all over the country. And it's really important to understand how low the bar is, no pun intended, for estate planning, because and you know, if you want to legitimately try to prevent a probate, you're already doing a lot better than a lot of the attorneys who have no intent of doing that, right? And we're just talking about bad attorneys here. There's also, you know, not going to name names here, but some publicly traded companies out there that are basically doing the same thing, giving people a false sense of security with documents that don't actually do anything. And, you know, let's not forget that's just for people who are doing documents. You know, the default for anybody who's above the 18, who's eventually going to die, and unfortunately, that's all of us, is they're headed to probate court, right? And 50% plus last data we, we checked was around 2021, over 50% of the population has no documents in place. So anything we are doing to avoid that bad default situation or the bad document prep solution or the bad attorney solution is going to be better, right? If you have a JD, if you care about getting somebody documents to prevent a messy probate and you're putting in the effort to educate yourself or get help at any time, you're not doing a bad thing. And a lot of people feel like if they have less than 100% clarity on every possible avenue where somebody could go with estate planning, then they're not going to move forward at all. You know, it's, it's sort of a perfectionist tendency. But again, it's a tendency that the people who succeed are able to get over, right? So what you absolutely have to do is commit to doing your best with what you have and getting help if you need it. But again, like I said, that's nothing you haven't already done before. You already had to do that to get to where you're at with your current practice area. And, you know, the good thing is everybody needs an estate plan. So if you really do want to commit, you can get practice, right? So let's talk about how we can go from having no muscles, like what's the, uh, you know, estate planning couch to 5k, right? You can find this because everybody needs an estate plan. Some practice areas are definitely better suited to cross promoting than others. The two that really come to mind for me are family law and personal injury. The reason why is because you have changing circumstances and depending on, you know, with personal injury, you're going to also have some new amount of money. And depending on what side of the uh, divorce law, depending on what side you're on, you also might be coming into some money, but definitely changing circumstances. So it's really easy to do strategy that we call a database reactivation and potentially go to old clients who, again, 50% chance on average that they're going to need some of this stuff and be able to line up a fair amount of things to practice, right? Um, again, that's just two examples. 
Um, as long as you have a big enough practice, the numbers do work out. We've even seen people run this strategy that were running bankruptcy practices, not the kind of people you think need to structure their wealth. But again, we've seen it happen. And you know, if you don't have any sort of client list that you could potentially go back and doing this, you can always go the friends and family route. But however you do it, you want to get to the point where you're actually practicing estate planning. You're actually practicing the new practice area. And ideally, um, again, this will differ between person to person, but if you can start doing this on a weekly basis, you're probably going to start developing the skills you need to be confident. And that's really where the flywheel starts. So as opposed to push and pray, put the thing up, see what comes in, let it all kind of sort itself out and realistically never change what the situation is. When you're actually putting yourself out there, you're getting in front of people after you commit that you're going to do what you can to help them, whether it's organic, whether it's through advertising, that's when you're actually able to get good at estate planning. And that's when you're actually able to start charging more and then starting to feel good about doing estate planning because you're actually getting good at it, right? And that's basically how to escape the chicken and egg dilemma, right? So you have to commit to doing whatever you can to a client then commit to putting yourself in the game and actually practicing, right? So that's pretty much that. And I know this kind of sounds like a simple concept, but there are so many people we run into that don't get past this stage. And I don't think a lot of them realize what they're doing is half committing to something. Um, there's probably going to be some more complex rationalizations that will go into why they aren't doing the thing they claim that they want to do. And it's really a shame because there's so many people out there that really do need help with this stuff. And every single month that somebody isn't getting in the market and helping people in their community doing it, that's just people that are going to probate court, which really sucks, right? So anyway, for the next episode, we want to explore another concept too, which I want you to think about, does it actually have to be you that does the estate planning? And if you do want to do it, where could you potentially get some help on it? But we're going to explore that on the next episode. But until then, I want you to explore what it is that you really want in your practice, regardless of whether you're trying to move into estate planning or not, and whether you're committed to getting those results. And if you are, what's the next step? So hope this is helpful. I'll see you guys next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Eastern here on the Law Firm Growth Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Law Firm Growth Podcast. For show notes, free resources, and more, head on over to casefuel.com slash podcast. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode.